All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. If you hadn't heard the Joey Hanley interview from last week, he recommended that we had this guest on for today's episode. So let's get right into this and we'll hit the intro music. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined, guess not by Matt Potter today. He's out with the flu. Hopefully Matt will be back with us shortly. But today we are joined by Alex Acevedo. He's the co-founder of the company that you guys learned all about last week with Joey Hanley. I'm sure we will get into that shortly. But Alex, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be here. Awesome. So I guess for people who don't know you or for people who might have missed our previous episode, I guess the basic question we can sort of start off with as a general who are you what do you do in the sports industry and all that sort of fun stuff yeah so um i uh form up wash up baseball player um now i so i co-founded fearless sports performance with my buddy joey that uh, you all heard from last week um and uh and yeah so we've we opened that up in 2020 um, right now we just do like performance stuff. Um, we work with a bunch of baseball players, um, some other, you know, uh, uh, people that aren't in baseball, but mostly baseball, uh, it's our specialty. Um, and we hit, you know, everything that, uh, that could possibly contribute to performance. So that could be even as minute as just like, how are you sleeping? Um, and, and really making sure we're, you know, dialing in, uh, with our guys with that. Um, and then, Currently, um, so I'm not seeing like a big load of athletes um, because I'm in PT school, uh, physical therapy. Um, so I'm about halfway through the program, a little bit more than, more than halfway through the program. It's a three-year program. Um, and so I'll graduate uh, with my doctorate in physical therapy, um, trying to specialize, uh, um, obviously specialize with baseball players. And then once I graduate and I'm done with all my school and, and all that, um, I'll, you know, be able to get full time into fearless and then we'll be able to incorporate kind of the rehab side of things too. Um, right now we already incorporated, you know, some like rehab concepts, um, a lot of prehab stuff, arm care, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, legally we're not, you know, not allowed to like offer like straight up, you know, rehab, uh, guy coming back from a surgery or something like that. Um, so once I graduate and I'm certified and all that stuff, um, uh, we'll be able to offer that. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you want me to give like, just like an intro to how I got here and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, sort of. So I know, cause you guys started Fearless in 2020, but obviously you did stuff before then sort of, how did you, I guess, cause Joey didn't really get into this. How did that sort of journey come together? Cause I realized there's probably some point where you two linked up and said, let's do this thing together. How did that sort of happen? Yeah. So Joey mentioned briefly how we met, um, we were both training in Florida. Um, so I'm from Miami, uh, mm-hmm. Miami, Florida. Um, and so for me, you know, it seems normal that I would have been training there. Uh, but Joey's not. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny how kind of things always, you know, connect people and put people together. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of start from the beginning of how I kind of ended up in this field and then mm-hmm. work my way through um, and explain how I ended up, um, you know, uh, with Joey and Fearless and all that stuff. Um, so was always playing baseball my whole life from when I was for as long as I could remember. 
um, and always uh, completely lacked any sort of natural ability. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm five, eight, I'm nothing special. <laughs> um, I was a pitcher and I didn't throw hard and I didn't have any of the gifts, uh, athleticism, none of that, uh, none of the, none of the natural stuff. Um, so it was either suck, which I did for most of my youth career um, up until middle school where I got like decent enough. Um, so it was either suck or like really lock in on not just working hard, but working hard at the right stuff because hard work at the wrong stuff doesn't get you anywhere. Either. Um, so I started working my butt off and, you know, I, uh, was raised by the most, uh, the most badass, uh, stepdad, um, that uh he kind of like uh he was a wrestler uh in his career so he kind of instilled that mindset into me of just like that that killer mindset and that like perseverance and determination and all that so kind of um from a young age i was already like all right like whatever it takes like i'm there like i don't i'm i'm doing it mm-hmm. um got into that and started realizing quickly um hard work isn't the only thing i needed but i needed to work hard at the right stuff um, cause you know, my hard work was getting me places, but it wasn't getting me on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in high school, I was working my butt off, um, to, to make our, our varsity program. And we got, uh, one of the best programs in, uh, in Florida. And so, uh, making that team, I remember going into high school, um, I had literally everyone except for like a few close people, uh, that were like, uh, everybody was like, um, yeah, no, you should transfer. You should go somewhere else. Like you should, right? cause there was, there was, when I was a freshman, it was like, Oh, like, you're not going to make the freshman team, mm-hmm. um, made it, uh, cause I was working my butt off. Um, and that's really like the biggest reason because it wasn't that I was, was that good. Um, played freshman year, sophomore year, made JV ba- barely. I think every, every single level throughout my career, I was barely me. Um, and then my junior year, uh, made varsity huge deal because I was like sick to my stomach thinking that I was <laughs> because it was like for sure. And I remember getting into, um, getting into like the office of, uh, like our head coach's office. Um, and I remember it was like our winter exit meeting. And it was when we were finding out if we made the team or got cut. Um, and I remember I waited, I was the last person to go in because I was like, I'm going to prolong my life as a baseball <laughs> player as long as possible. So, and I'm like sick to my, I feel horrible. And I finally get in there. Um, and I remember our head coach gives me the words. He goes, you're going to be the 25th man on my 25 man <laughs> roster. You're going to pitch zero innings this year, but you're here because you're the hardest working person on this team. Um, and I, I, that, that was a big deal for me. Cause I was like, all right, first. And he was like, and he was like, you're going to pitch zero innings. Are you okay with that? Like you want to <laughs> still want to be here. And in my head, I was like, hell yeah, I'm here. Um, but in my head, I was like, you know what? Like, first of all, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Cause I'm going to get better. Um, and second of all, like all I needed was the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that kind of fueled me even more. Cause like, hell yeah, I'm keep working hard. Um, he was right. I pitched zero innings that year. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? I wasn't good enough. I threw like mid seventies. If that, like I sucked. <laughs> um, and so then that's when I kind of started realizing like, okay, hard work. Sure. It got me on the team, but it's not getting me on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's where I think I was always very curious as to like the why behind everything we were doing. And I always was like, put my head down and, and do whatever it takes. So I was like, you know what? Um, I gotta, I gotta start figuring out like why I'm working my butt off. I'm working harder than everybody else. Why is everybody else throwing 90 and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just like, that's where it kind of like, would like was born that that desire for me to like learn a lot as, as much as I could and start trying new things um and then I started getting into the like the um the weighted ball stuff that was starting to get big at that time this was 2014 2015 um and so got on the like the Tom House program um started looking at like the like the Florida baseball ranch Texas baseball ranch stuff like that um, and just really like started trying all these new things and being really intentional with like every single rep, um, everything I did, every exercise, why I was doing each exercise, what exercises I was choosing to do, things I was working on with my mechanics. Um, I, it, that's where that was kind of born. And I was still like such an amateur and I really had no idea what I was doing. And there was a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. Um, but you know what I learned from those. Um, so then senior year comes along, like a massive velo jump that summer um went from i think it was like 72 73 as a junior right it was horrible mm -hmm. um to where then my senior year i'm like touching 80 um 81 maybe i don't i don't even know um around but i'm around there um so i was, I was better um still wasn't i was still the slowest thrown dude on our team <laughs> um but wasn't wasn't as bad right so i think i threw like seven innings that year not mm -hmm. too bad um my era wasn't great but it wasn't bad either um and then that got me a spot with the NAI program. I went to Loyola, New Orleans. Um, and that, for me, uh, that's all I wanted was just that opportunity to keep moving. Mm -hmm. um, so got into there. And at that point, now I'm really starting to get into that um, uh, kind of like the mad scientist mindset of baseball um, and really dove way so deep in the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm even deeper now. Um <laughs> And once you catch the bug, you can't get rid of it. It's mm -hmm. great. Um, but jumped into that, uh, went to Loyola. When I got there, just not a good baseball program. Um, there was a big culture problem. We weren't a winning program. Um, it was tough. It's It kind of sucked for a few years. Um, and so I went through that and I was like, uh, I, had, I had had a surgery for something in my foot that was like completely unrelated to baseball, mm -hmm. uh, the summer going into my freshman year. Um, and that for me was, uh, I think another, um, like kind of defining moment because coming out of that, um, I didn't really take that summer too seriously coming off the injury. I mean, obviously like the first six weeks I couldn't do much. Yeah. Um, but I did less than I probably should have been doing. Um, and then coming back, I kind of just like rushed to get back to throwing. And I was just like significantly worse coming back uh, than I was at my senior year of high school. And that really bothered me um, because there were a lot of things that like at that point I couldn't figure out why. And I couldn't mm -hmm. backtrack my steps because I was I wasn't moving from where I was from my junior year to my senior year. Now I was in a completely different spot. So I couldn't just do the same things and end up to get to the same spot. Um, so learned a lot from that whole experience. Um, and then, you know, kept learning, kept diving into the rabbit hole. And then that's where it leads me to, uh, end up going to the Florida baseball ranch for, um, I think it was like a, 
a month. I think I was there for a month, uh, one summer. Um, and you know what? No, I went for two weeks one summer. Uh, that was solid. And then the next summer, I think I went for a month, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's where I met Joey Hanley. Yeah. Uh, Joey and I were at the ranch, uh, I guess together for a month because he was there for a little bit longer than I was. Um, but the whole time I was there, he was there. Um, and he was probably the, of all the people that were there. Um, I got close to all of them because we're all living in a house together, eating crap every day. But Joey mm -hmm. was one of the dudes I really felt like I got close with. And the one dude that I really kept in touch with after that mm -hmm. um, consistently. And so, you know, we would talk and whatever, uh, um, especially like with baseball stuff and, and, and little things. Um, and then, um, so I'm still on my baseball journey at this point. Um, I, so originally I had wanted to do like front office baseball work or whatever I could to stay in the game. Yeah. Um, and then it was actually at the ranch when I was with Joey, uh, that like, it hit me one day. I was like, I'm like, I hate reading. I hate studying. I hate all this stuff, but I'm like reading books about all this, like, sciencey performance stuff and and arm care and health and all this stuff I'm like why don't i just do this like this is like i could i'll do this for free like <laughs> so that's when i kind of decided all right because i was a business major mm -hmm. switched my track this is going into my junior year so you can imagine the, the classes are different so it kind of throws off my track a little bit um i end up um <clears throat> just taking all the prereqs on the side instead of switching my major. So I, I ended up graduating with a business analytics major. And that was going to force me to take a fifth year of classes. Um, so I could finish uh, all those prereqs. So I was just going to do that, like in Miami at a dark community college there. Um, and then, uh, so I play a couple of years, I'm like learning a ton and really like getting on it. Uh, we got a new coaching staff, culture starts to change at Loyola, things are looking great. I'm learning, growing a ton. Um, especially with our pitching coach, him and I, he was, he was awesome. We learned a lot, uh, together. I learned a ton from him. Um, that's coach Steven Bruce, by the way. Um, and then, so we, uh, we get to 2020 COVID hits. Um, I get another year of eligibility this is my senior year. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to have to take another year of prereqs anyways. All right. I'll take the year of eligibility, stay at Loyola. So it all worked out. Finish my prereqs. Um, and then at this point, Joey and I, uh, oh yeah. So yeah, COVID hits. Um, and then Joey and I are talking, whatever, uh, especially with like, um, you know, we're back home. Things are like shut down. I'm like lifting in this like little gym that all it has is like a barbell plates, like dumbbells up to 50. And then like the bands that I have and like all the crap that I've stocked up over the years. Cause I'm like a psychopath with like a 50 pound bag that I bring to the field every day. Um, and so Joey's pretty much doing the same thing I am. Um, and we're um, we start talking about what we want to do. And he, he finished his career right there uh, during COVID um and so we're sitting there and we have a lot of free time on our hands so we're like you know what we both want to do this it's really hard to do it alone do it together um and that's where fearless sports performance was born uh right there i remember the phone call that i think we decided on it um i remember exactly where i was sitting in the room i was in my house like my laptop in front of me um come up with some like logo designs. The first ones were like, all right, but not nice. I, I think the one we have now is pretty sick, pretty sick. 
Um, and then we just like, you know, at first it was really like, we'd had some, some remote guys, Joey had guys already that he was training. Um, but it was all like, uh, our Instagram was like super, like not as professional as it is now. Um, you know, it's, it's brand new business. We didn't really know what we were doing completely. Um, but we stuck to it. We stayed together. We're, we've, we've grown a lot, uh, you know, along the way and, and learned a lot, just bouncing ideas from each other. I think we, we both balance each other really well. Um, and yeah. And then uh, I played my senior year of, uh, of, uh, of, of college baseball there at Loyola for my fifth year. Um, and it was, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that went into that year. It was a real special year because uh, the, the the best year in our program's history is the year we really like turned it around uh, as a program. Um, and that was like, that was the the top of my career. I was able to, to you know, hang up the, the, the spikes um, at, at the top of where I was. So I was very happy with the way I closed the book. Um, there's a lot of like mindset shifts that I think happened over COVID that, that was allowed me to have that. And then from there graduated uh, had the summer off. Um, and here I am now at, at USC, uh, in Los Angeles, studying PT, um, trying to, you know, finish this and get the time to move faster because I'm tired of school. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's sort of, that wasn't to... too long winded, but <laughs> no, that was awesome because I think sort of seeing what Joey said last week and what you're saying this week, you guys are sort of compounding sort of perfectly in that Joey was talking about his journey. And then he talked about how that helped him realize the mental side of baseball. And then seeing that you're now in PT, your journey, while similar to his, has sort of shown you like you want to figure out the why the mechanics are working this way, why sort of the body's working versus Joey was all the mindset. So it's really interesting to see that you two sort of had the same journey, met up together at the same clinic. And then all of a sudden now, a couple of years later, you're combining your strengths to make this sort of nice company work. And yeah, it's definitely yeah. And- fun to see. I'll, I'll say something about what you just mentioned that uh, kind of, uh, you know, sticks out to me is when you mentioned the why, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big, big part of like my entire career. And now too, um, because obviously I want to know the why behind everything I'm doing with my guys, um, with my athletes and, and, and why, you know, every, even the things that we know, like pretty well are like good. I still want to know the why I don't want to just mm-hmm. take things and say like, Oh yeah, that be, that that works because it works like i want to know exactly why um and for me uh as an as an athlete that was like a huge thing for me the why i was very analytical about things um but you know that could get you in trouble sometimes uh, mm. a lot of guys get in trouble and there's guys that don't even want to they just don't even want to my brain doesn't work like that i need to like i'm mm. like super like obsessive so i need to like know everything about what i'm doing um but my sophomore year of undergrad I had a big problem with that um, cause I couldn't separate, I had, I had re- realized that I had to essentially separate myself into two different people, mm-hmm. uh, two different minds, right. Where one was the analytical side and the other was the competitor. Um, because, and, and it's really hard to handle. It took me like a, like a couple of years to figure out how to do that and, and still was learning how to do that. Um, because I would go into, I guess, like the lab, um, in quotation marks, um, where I was being super analytical, figuring out why thinking about my mechanics, the exercise I was doing the drills that like literally like all this analytical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'd go out on the field um, and I couldn't turn that that switch off. And that was messing me up because then I couldn't compete because I was thinking. And especially me, the way I would compete, I was like, 
um, get pissed off, like as pissed off as possible, completely black out and just compete and be zoned in, right? Um, and so like, it, it couldn't work for me, right? And I was like, I, I think it's, I would be surprised if there was a guy that could be that analytical on the mound and still compete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I took me like that whole season where I was learning like, okay, I need to separate these two people to where when I get on the mound, it's like that guy doesn't even exist and I'm just locked in. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff, like I don't know about it. I don't know what it is. Um, and I'm just focused on competing. There's this one-on-one battle with this guy in front of me and I'm going to lock in and I'm going to beat you because to me it's personal. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I had lost that for like a good year, year and a half because I had dove deep, so deep in, into the rabbit hole of all this uh, science and analytics and stuff um, that I kind of like, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tap back into that competitive nature. Um, so I think that's a really important point is like super important for guys to learn how to kind of separate that if they're going to dive into that, into that rabbit hole. 100% because I think what we used to or what we talk about a lot is sort of like the analytics versus the eye test but that's sort of how you judge a player but this is really interesting to talk about it's analytics versus eye test to like make them separate people and there's different points of time to use sort of like I'm a pitcher and I'm only thinking about why am I pitching versus the analytics tell me that my fastball is not working fix it that sort of lab work versus when you're actually in the middle of the game it's just you have to think all right fastball is not working I don't need to know right now why it's not, but it's just not working today versus find something else. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the bullpen session during the week, you can think like it's not working. Why is it not working? But yeah, be more analytical. I think that's a really good point because there's a huge argument in the big conversation in baseball, the analytics versus um, the, the old school, like the new school Mm -hmm. versus the old school. Um, And I don't think it's a versus. I really don't. I think the two should live in harmony together. And I think that they both bring uh, a a lot of value to each other, right? I think mm-hmm. the old school can be improved through the new school. And I think the new school can be improved through the old school, old school. Um, I, I don't think that they're at odds. I don't think that they're, they're negatives or opposites. Um, so I think that, I think that's a really good point. Um, and you mentioned like, there's a lot of places where the analytics is super important, right? Mm-hmm. But once you get on that field and you're ready to compete, um, even in like scrimmages, it, it, that, those are, there are times to practice yeah. the competitive nature, to practice that, uh, that, that I'm locked in and I'm going to beat you. And then there's also times of practice, you know, and be analytical and stuff like that. Um, but you, you have to know the place, the, the time and place, um, because otherwise, uh, you're, you're, you're going to drown in it. You know what I mean? There's, there's, um, it's really easy to get, to get too caught up in the analytical stuff. And it's also easy to get too caught up in kind of the old school mindset. And then you're, you know, you end up behind other guys because you're not working on the right stuff or you're, you're kind of, you know, lost uh, some kind of like plateau, you know, performance wise or something like that, you know, hundred percent. So I guess sort of another follow-up based on that is sort of, cause we're talking about how, when you're actually doing baseball, it's sort of the blend of those two, how is sort of like physical therapy versus sort of the analytics might tell you, oh, his shoulder's not rotating this amount versus guy could walk in one day and say, hey, something's bothering my shoulder. And then you're like, well, the analytics say your shoulder's fine. It's mental. You're just thinking about it. But he's like, yeah. oh, my shoulder really hurts, sort of. Yeah. And that balance. Yeah. That's why I think uh, so. We talk a lot about how physical therapy is, is an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a there's a big part of that. It's it's not. um you can't put you can't put exact numbers and stuff. Obviously, uh, it's great to have as many objective measures as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, there was um, so actually that whole time period that I was kind of in my head. 
Um, I was also having elbow pain my sophomore year of undergrad. Um, and so I would like get it checked out and they're like, oh, structurally there's nothing wrong. Right. Um, but I had pain. So I think there's a, there's an art form there um, to, to kind of like, um, to kind of handling that. Right. Um, there's so many contributors to pain or lack of performance or whatever else, you know, could be going on. Uh, that there's, I don't think you could definitively say objectively, oh, there's nothing wrong because mm. like there, if there's pain, there's something wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's what pain is. And I think that's a mindset shift I had that was really important for me um, is understanding that pain. I stopped looking at pain as good or bad. Mm-hmm. I started looking at pain as data, right? It's just information. And all that information is telling me is that there's something wrong. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's hard to, you can't just say like, Oh, there's pain and, and pain means this specific thing is wrong. There's a million things that could cause pain uh, or lack of performance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those two things could be used um, in kind of the same conversation. Um, but I think that's where assessment is so important and having a super detailed um, and like all encompassing assessment. You don't want to just uh, have like a, you never, you never want to have an assessment where kind of every guy is just kind of like thrown into a machine. Um, and then you're just kind of like rolling guys through, uh, you want to make sure it's individualized and then it encompasses everything that could possibly be contributing, at least that, you know, could possibly be contributing because, um, I think Joey was mentioning it, uh, last week that, um, even like, like that pain could be caused by like, Oh, I'm not recovering well. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sleeping well. I'm not, eating right. And I'm throwing as hard as I can every day. Maybe there's nothing wrong with my mechanics. Maybe structurally, there's not something wrong yet. Right. Yet at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe there's like nothing wrong with like my training program or whatever, my throwing program. But maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, me going out there throwing as hard as I can five days a week or seven days a week, not sleeping at all. (laughs) Going out, you know, for some of our, our college guys going out, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and drinking way too much. Um, and that could be a huge contributor, right? And that pain, what is it? It's data. All it's doing is signaling to my body, hey, there's something wrong. Stop before something even worse happens. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a really important point is like uh, it's an art form and you need to have an all-encompassing assessment where um, for me – I uh, kind of, and I'm like, especially through school, I, my philosophy of, uh, of all this stuff is constantly kind of like molding and changing. And, um, and I know even through my career, it's going to change like constantly, it's going to be um, changing as new information becomes available. And as I see more guys, um, but I really love for the biomechanics to lead an assessment like that. Um, because that tells you so much, whether it be, you know, the biomechanics are inefficient that's causing pain or lack of performance or whatever. Um, and by lack of performance, that could be velos down or it could be commands down or it could be inconsistently, right? Inconsistency. Um, so uh, I would say um, biomechanics is super important because whether that's showing you like, oh, the poor movement pattern is causing these issues, right? That could be a big thing. Or on the flip side, it could be the poor movement pattern is a cause of these issues, 
right? So let's say uh, I break a, a guy's mechanics down. Um, I could see uh, from the way he's moving, I could hypothesize, oh, these muscles are weak. This range of motion is down. Um, you know, kind of go through like the possible contributors as to why the, the mechanics are not efficient. The movement is not efficient. Then I could go through the list of those uh, hypotheses, check them off as I go and say, okay, no, he doesn't have an issue with this. No, he doesn't have an issue with this. Okay. Here we see a glaring issue. We should, we need to address this. And then from there, it allows me to then build the program out uh, in an individualized manner um, where I can uh, really target what's contributing to this guy's issues. Now I can also go through that whole list of the hypotheses I have and there's nothing wrong. Right. And everything's good. Um, but the problem is, is his mechanics are, are off. And it's like, okay, in that, in that uh, issue, maybe it's not a range of motion problem. Maybe it's not a strength problem. Um, but maybe what the issue is, is it's just motor control and they have these poor movement patterns that they learned mm -hmm. over time. Um, and we got to go in and fix those. And that's where a drill work comes in and stuff like that. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many things that contribute. There's so many things that contribute. So I think, uh, the really important thing is just having like a, a very dynamic way of assessing, uh, that's kind of really individualized to the guys. Uh, and it just encompasses everything. Um, and, the, and, it, and it really is an art form and really be able to like, see who you're at and see them and not see, you know, another guy on a list of a million people that you're just throwing through a machine. You know? Yeah. I think it's great to sort of realize that every single picture is different. Like one guy, you might be able to diagnose his problem. And then the next guy that comes into your office or goes through, it's a completely different problem. And it could even be like both guys sliders aren't working, but there's a completely different sort of origin yeah. to why the slider is not working. So it's definitely, that's one of the cool things about pitching and you probably feel the same way. It's more like a piece of a puzzle and you're trying to figure out, What's wrong with yes. the picture? It's like yes. a brain tease. And it's then exactly every guy is like, is like a puzzle. It's like a problem to solve. It's I, that's one of the things that I love so much about it and why I've kind of, you know, do, dove so deep into this, uh, this sciencey stuff is um, it's just, it's so it's every guy is so much fun to work with because it's, there's always uh, something new going on that you got to kind of solve and everybody's different. Um, you mentioned like with pitches, like pitch grips, the pitches you could throw one pitch a million different ways and no guy really throws the same pitch the same way. Right. Um, so it's like, you know, same thing. And, and it goes even as deep to like our anatomy, right. Our, our first semester or our entire first year of our, our program uh, in PT school, uh, we spend a lot of time in the cadaver lab. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of, um, of these bodies and, and really dissecting them and looking at, um, you know, all the different, you know, uh, we, we, we have to like really know, like, I gotta be able to look at someone and know every single muscle nerve, um, like literally everything that's in your body, tendon, ligament, and like know every, where it is, be able to put my hands on you and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is where it is. This is what it does this is where it connects on both. Like where's the insertion origin, the movements, like the, the, the movements that it creates on your body, like all that stuff, stuff that it resists, whatever. Um, and so going in and seeing all these bodies, I saw, I don't know, we must've had like 30 bodies in, in, in the cadaver lab. Um, and, uh, so I saw a lot of different bodies and it's really cool. Cause you go in there and you see every single body is different. Every single one, like, like down to like, like little minute details of like where, like your blood vessels branch off, like 
there's so many different variations between bodies that it just it harps on that concept that every single person is so different even down like to the most minute anatomy that you really can't just throw everybody in a bucket and say like oh yeah you have this issue this is how we solve it you have that issue this is how we solve it like everybody everybody's different every guy is going to need their own individual little things that are different um and not to mention we're super mental you know creatures as humans um and everybody thinks differently and there's this all psychological psychological stuff involved in this too so there's the art of that too of being able to handle how guys are thinking and what they think when you say certain things versus other things and it's it's great it really is it's a lot of fun and 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 it's uh every guy's like a different uh puzzle to solve you said it perfectly 100 and i think joey also mentioned last week where he was like his biggest issue was more of the mental and saying oh it's not my fault i'm not playing it's the coach's fault and sort of realizing that there's some pitchers that you'll be able to come out and tell them your mechanics stink and they'll like take that as acceptive constructive criticism and that'll help them fix themselves. And then other pitchers, Don't you told them, it, yeah. if you told them you stink, they're going to go home crying. They'll say I'm hanging up the spikes and that's it. So it's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. fun to realize. Um, I know one thing, and I don't know how much time you do have with us for today, but I know one thing we did want to touch upon is sort of now that you mentioned you are at PT school, obviously you're sort of going for that goal of getting it done in three years, come back to, um, come back to your company for a full sort of hands-on now you're ready to rock and roll give sort of medically certified advice type of thing so what is sort of the goal I don't know if I kind of just gave away the answer but you're going to PT school right now once you graduate you come back what's sort of the big goal for the company what's the big goal for you going forward yeah and I got plenty of time so don't worry about that um, but uh, but yeah I mean like so I'll kind of give you um I guess like a little, uh, uh, I guess vision, uh, mm -hmm. for us is, 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 I guess the, the main objective is we just want to help as many guys as possible. And we're in the same shoes uh, as me and Joey, um, undersized, right? You don't have to be undersized, but like, you know, that same concept of, uh, of guys that are, you know, trying to reach their potential and, and aren't there getting there, um, and need help getting there. Right. Cause even, um, it, you can't do it on your own, right? You really can't um, because there's so much uh, there's so much to learn and so little time just because, you know, once you get to a certain age, you're, it's too late, right? So the goal is to help those guys uh, get to their max potentials and play like as long as they, as they want, as long as they can. Um, and really the key is maximum potential, right? We want to unlock everything that every guy has, right? Um, so once I get out of school, get out of all that, um, the goal is, uh, is to, to keep on growing, um, keep on building. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean like wherever that takes us, right. Cause it's, it's, um, uh, it's a dynamic industry too. And that's always changing. Uh, but bringing in as many athletes as we can, um, and helping them get to their max potentials, um, and growing our, uh, our business, you know, eventually we're going to want to move into like a, a bigger warehouse, nicer place, um, and, and kind of growing that. And so, uh, and so, yeah, um, you know, being able right now, we don't offer uh, physical therapy, um, but we will eventually. Um, and um, and yeah, being able to, to bring in those guys and have some some pro guys, too. And uh, I think that the really cool vision is uh, is being able to have all these different athletes from all these different walks of life, um, all these different ages and level of play uh, kind of come in under the same roof and all learn from each other. Um, I had a clinical rotation. So part of our program, um, they throw us into like different clinics, uh, 
you know, throughout. Uh, so we can get some like hands-on experience and, and really learn. Uh, and I got super lucky with my rotation last summer. Uh, I was in a place in Miami that was a baseball facility. Um, and one of the coolest things I got to see is, uh, is like these high school athletes um, having conversations with like some like big name. I won't name names, but some big name, uh, you know, top dog, uh, big league <laughs> ball players. Um, and they're sitting there. Um, I remember watching one of our high school guys throwing a pen uh, one day. It was like one of his, you know, first few pens coming off uh, like TJ or something like mm. that. Um, and then this big league, uh, big leaguer that's like a big dog, top dog guy um, who's super cool, super normal. A lot of these guys are very normal, um, cool guys uh, sitting there just watching his pen, um, just hanging out, just like total <laughs> baseball junkie. Um, and then dude finishes his pen um, and this dude, uh, the big leaguer comes up to him and is like, Hey man, like, um, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And then it's like asking him questions like, yo, how do you throw this pitch? Like, show me your grip. And it's like the, the, that kind of environment, I think is something we really want to build is, um, where everybody just working towards the same goal together. You know, everybody has their individual goals, but we're all doing it together. We're all helping, you know, building this culture where everybody's just locked in, um, and ready to just rock, you know, and, and, um, and just, and just build, right. And help each other, bring everybody up, you know, bring all the ships um, up with the, with the rising tides. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's, I don't know if that's too like abstract. I mean, it's hard to kind of say like, we're going to, you know, by year this, we're going to do this. And by year this, we're going to do this. Cause I can't really, you know, tell you exactly how it's going to unfold. Uh, but the goal is to just build this, this winning culture where everybody's bringing each other up to their max potentials um, you know, regardless of, of what level of play you are, or where you're from or what language you speak, even, uh, um, all that stuff. So, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's the goal. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause I think you mentioned the word baseball junkie. And I think that's the perfect way to describe you, me, Joey, sort of everyone involved in that baseball is the type of industry and sport that if you don't like it, you're probably going to leave it relatively quickly. Yeah. And you're going to think this isn't for me, but if you're obviously digging your heels and saying, this is what I want to do, then obviously there's a ton of different avenues and you're going down a great one with PT and what you guys are building. You and Joey, it's definitely a great and fun thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, you, you know, you mentioned that uh, baseball junkie mentality. I think that's baseball kind of has a culture where that's very um, like a big, uh, a big part of it mm -hmm. uh, where I think baseball people can very easily tell when you're not a baseball <laughs> person. Um especially the guys who are still playing it. Um, so I think that's a really big deal in this sport, in this industry is, is just surround like baseball players love to surround themselves with other baseball players. Um, and they love to learn from other baseball players and, and, and be a big part of that. And so um, that's, you know, some, a culture I want to, you know, stay a part of and, and really uh, immerse myself in is that, that whole, you know, baseball, baseball is everything kind of thing, you know, baseball players, they all, uh, for the most part, all they think about is baseball. And that's definitely me. So, uh, you know, I, I would do this stuff for free, man. I really would. So uh, the fact that I'm going to be able to do it and get paid, um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. I know my co-host Matt and I are always joking when we're like, oh, we have a test tomorrow, but we have an interview to do. And we're like, well, I know the test is important, <laughs> but I, I'd rather be doing an interview talking baseball. So it's it's that fun balancing act. I know you probably have the same thing in school as oh, well. Yeah. You're like, well, I have to do my studies and homework, but I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah, I yeah. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I got a couple more questions wrong and I, uh, you know, 
work on this a little bit. I'll, you maybe answer this athlete, get on a phone call with him, and, and something, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I guess the one thing that we do have, and you probably saw this question coming because Joey had this question at the end, and well, he nominated you to come onto the podcast. So it is time to return the favor again. And you've had a great conversation with us. Well, I guess with me and Matt, I'm sure when he listens to this, we'll be like, shoot, I wish I was on this call, but you now get to nominate the direction the show goes in and pick the next guest or at least someone we will try to get on the show. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with a buddy of mine, Travis Craven. Um, he is uh, about to graduate now uh, from the USC masters of biokinesiology and sports science program. Um, he just got a job with the San Diego Padres. So I think he's going to ship out there in a couple weeks, few weeks uh, to Arizona. And then uh, once free training ends, he's headed to, I think one of their minor league affiliates. Um, but he's a, awesome baseball mind. Um, and I definitely think he has a lot to offer, um, to, to the show and, and, you know, a lot to talk about and he's a really cool guy. Um, so yeah, I hope, hope you guys enjoy, uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, we definitely enjoyed this interview as well. I know not really, we haven't talked to any major league baseball. We do also ask at the very end world series prediction. I know it is February Ooh. still, but who is winning the 2023 world series that will technically take place 10 months from now. Jesus. That's All a, right. a long so, time. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to give two answers. Okay. The first answer is going to be the Chicago Cubs because I'm a massive <laughs> Cubs fan. And, dude, we're going to be low-key. We're going to be gross this year. We are. <laughs> we got a lot of guys, and I think Cody Bellinger is going to put it together. I think Stroman's going to come out hot. So I'm feeling good about my Cubs right now. Uh, you know, Dansby Swanson is going to give us the the uh, the, uh, the trophy. Um, but um, – my other my other prediction, which is probably the more serious one, because you know it sucks. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, I'm gonna say the the New York Yankees. You know, Judge is finally gonna get his ring. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. I love the captain. You know, um, it's uh, it's you got to you gotta you gotta love it. So uh, um, you know, Aaron Judge is gonna get his ring, and and the Yankees, I think, have a good shot. Um, especially with Rodon, I think they got a good shot at winning a World Series. So uh, I'm going to say Chicago Cubs, New York Yankees. Um, and if they face each other off, Cubs are winning. That's <laughs> it. So let's freaking go. I mean, as a Mets fan, I kind of like your Cubs win a lot better than a, a Yankee World Series. <laughs> and... Hey, the, actually, I forgot about that. The Mets are <laughs> the thing is, is the Mets, the Mets might met. So, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> tough, but that they are a freaking powerhouse. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. I love it. You know, I love it for baseball because what Steve Cohen did is what owners need to start doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can, every single owner can, they have the money for it. Yeah. They just, uh, they, they don't want to make the risk. So I love Steve Cohen and I, I love what he's doing. I, I hope that more owners start doing, I, I hope they get pressured to do what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Cause even like the A's have more money than they freaking make it out to be. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That's Same those Cohen. are my predictions. Cohen last week said along the lines of like people are saying I'm the problem. Maybe they need to look at the mirror and say like real the problem. It's people like- are saying that now because of Cohen they need a salary cap. <laughs> That's cap. They need a salary floor <laughs> for real. You know, baseball needs a salary floor. I'm tired of teams just completely tanking because they don't have the money to win. No, no, no. We need we need teams to spend money. Hundred percent. Well, definitely appreciate all the time, all the insight, and I know if all of a sudden the Cubs are hoisting a World Series trophy in November, <laughs> Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, 
<laughs> we love it. If it doesn't happen this year, maybe uh, maybe in the next couple of years when we uh, when Seiya Suzuki brings in his uh, his good buddy Shohei Otani. So <laughs> now there is a bold prediction. <laughs> That's a bold prediction, but hey, it might happen. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna hold out hope. All right, I got a lot of hope as a Cubs fan. You kind of have to when you're uh, when you're rooting for a team that's always losing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. And until the next time, the side is retired. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the MLB and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, that was a great interview we just had with Alex talking all things sports-related, health, fitness, well-being, recovery, physical therapy, and a lot of sort of the different side of baseball that you guys probably don't hear about on a daily basis, but it's important, especially if you're a high school or college pitcher or position player that's trying to continue playing. We hope that you enjoyed all the content that Alex, as well as our previous interview with Joey Hanley, where the two of them together have now started their business and are doing really, really well. And it's great to see that and hear all about their journey and different perspectives that they both provide. Anyways, we will be back next week with more cool, fun interviews around the baseball industry. So until the next time, for Dylan, as well as James, Henry, Harry, and everyone else associated with Side Retired, the side is retired. Mm-hmm.